You've seen her, haven't you? She was there this morning in the fire. <sighs> She's always there. You mustn't blame yourself. Blame myself? For what? For not listening to the others, for not staying away from the house. I don't understand. Whenever she's been seen, on the causeway, on the marsh, in the grounds of the house, however briefly and whoever by, there has always been one sure and certain result. Yes. In some violence or dreadful circumstance, a child has died. So many, so many children. So many children. <laughs> Scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt, Glen Olivet, Glen Fittick, perhaps, maybe a Glen Gow, any Glen. White rum's on. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. All right, so this week we are going back to 2012, the weekend of February 3rd through the 5th. And we had, let's see, we had a number of options this week, gents. We had something called Big Miracle, which I think was about Drew Barrymore in Wales. Didn't do that. Didn't do that one. (laughs) (laughs) We had uh, Chronicle, which I don't know how you all feel about that one. That was actually the one that came out this weekend that won the box office. That week. That was the found footage, kind of like superhero mm-hmm. movie, right? Yeah. yeah. That was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Gave us the uh, much uh, beloved by the internet uh, Fantastic Four from that filmmaker. Mm. First that half is... was pretty good. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> uh, it, uh, there were things about that movie that were good, but like, I'd be very interested to see the director's cut of that if we were ever given I think the way he sort of. Uh, you know, burned the uh, the studio lot and then salted the ground on his way out. Probably <laughs> that'll never happen. happen. Yeah. No. So uh, what uh, I settled <clears throat> on here is uh, yet another matchup on uh, this podcast on Sober Cinema that I had not seen either film. I was aware of The Woman in Black, which stars Harry Potter, um, probably in a sort of Harry Potterish <laughs> role, or at least what I consider a Harry Potterish role, where it's like a young man, like well dressed, uh, very quiet and noble going to complete this quest of uh i don't know being uh bitch slapped by his like lawyer boss <laughs> to go check on a haunted house i couldn't really grasp what he was doing other than he was checking on a property that was going to be sold i think yeah i think that was his responsibility mm-hmm. is you know the their their firm was i guess the lawyers that the previous owner of that house Basically, a big yeah, excuse so. to get him. Go, uh, well, I mean, those type of things happen, you know. Or <laughs> selling not, property, sir. <laughs> I hope the events <laughs> of this film don't happen so <laughs> casually <No>. in your <laughs> world. <laughs> <laughs> so that one uh, was the popular film. It came in just shy, at least opening weekend um, of Chronicle. So that's a mainstream hit. It did have a sequel, which I don't think did as well. And uh, then the other one was The Innkeepers, which opened to 25 screens, not a wide release, and did uh, about 30 grand opening weekend. So that fits with our uh, 
mainstream mm-hmm. hit, and then uh, the little indie film. Um, and I'd also heard of this one. Uh, what about uh, either of you? Had you heard of uh, either of these before uh, watching them for the podcast? I had actually never heard of the innkeepers before, but I do remember watching a couple of trailers for the woman in black with uh, Daniel Radcliffe in it and thinking that he just can't, like you said, he cannot escape these like supernatural ghost, Harry Potter wizardry, you know, just a, a touch of the supernatural. I guess he kind of did with Swiss army man. But then the more you described it, Jared, I'm like, well, those are a lot of supernatural it's weird. ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Although he's very funny in that one. He's, he's great in that role. <laughs> Not quite as funny in this one. Not a whole lot of comedy in this one. No, no. Uh, Unless you're a sick, demented person, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was watching it with my wife and, uh, the opening scene. Yeah. Not, I mean, I guess there's something you could spoil with this film, but the opening scene, certainly not. Cause it's going to set up what happens repeatedly is, uh, watching children die. In this case, mm. we get three for the price of one. Three uh, little and girls I, jump out a window. I swear, I said that as soon as that, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Well, this is going to go over well for Josh Dotson. He's going to absolutely <laughs> love this film, watching children jump out a window as a father." So, oh, oh, I, I was really wondering where you were getting ready to take that, Jerry. I was like, no, oh. no, no. <laughs> if you'll uh, if you'll allow me to uh, promote uh, our original show, War Machine versus War Horse, I remember Josh. We had your brother on. Which, you know, he's kind of a weird one anyway, because I think he, he wanted to go by a, a different name. He didn't want to go by his own name, and he didn't want people to know that you two were brothers. And he proceeds <laughs> to get on his first appearance on our show. I'm talking about Tangible Teddy for, you know, for Hiro, the super fan here. Um, and I think we were talking about Bonnie and Clyde. I can't, but his comeback to you when you were sort of pointing out some of your criticisms, criticisms, by the way, that I shared, you and I both didn't really care for that film. Uh, his rebuttal to you is like, well, you like those like weird sex movies, Josh. And he left it at that just <laughs> hanging in the air. <laughs> yeah. So here's Jared. I don't Jared. even know what he was talking here's, about. I did think, I thought Jared was going that route again. Like, oh, Josh Dotson, he's known for liking watching children die on screen. Yeah. Loves it. Yeah. That's, that's what it's I thought. Notorious. I, was, I was racking my brain. I was like, what have I said or done that would <laughs> give that impression? Um, I didn't care. I didn't care for that premise. I mean, I'm not a big fan of kids, but I also feel like that sort of thing in horror is like a cheap shot because it's like, oh, you're you're seeing innocence, uh, just be demolished here. And boy, they keep going back to that. I mean, I know that's the you know the the terror here. This this woman in black is that's that's her her main reason for still haunting this territory is that she had a t- child taken from her. So you're gonna see kids do pretty horrific things, things to themselves. Uh, and I was a little bit surprised. This was a PG 13 sort of mainstream hit that this did spawn a sequel because it's weird. It has this, all this, like this sort of traditional feel, which I didn't really like. It's very sort of by the numbers, but then you'll stumble across a scene where you see a little girl set herself on fire. And I'm like, Oh crap, we're into shining territory for a second. And then we go back to very much like, I think this is CBS films. And this feels like a blue bloods type audience that would be into this or like masterpiece theater. And then all of a sudden another child death. So I, I found it kind of, kind of a weird movie that didn't really suit any one particular audience. I don't know who I would recommend this to. What, what about yourself, Josh? Um, so you know, just kind of laying some groundwork. Uh, I remember the movie coming out. I, uh, I could be mis- misspeaking here, but I almost want to think this might have been Daniel Radcliffe's like first leading role since he left, um, like since his last Harry Potter role. Uh, he may have. I think he had he had a romantic comedy, but I think that came after called uh, What If. 
I think it came out it came out in the summer. I don't know if it was of this year or later on, but I remember thinking when I saw the trailer for this that like uh, <laughs> thinking that movie is probably not going to be particularly good. I just kind of <laughs> remember thinking that like marketing it looked like, at its uh, best. Kind of generic. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it, the, the, it looked kind of generic, and I was like, it looks like it's just a uh, you know an intent by Radcliffe to try to separate himself from being Harry Potter. Like he was just immediately get, trying to get into a more adult role. Uh, which, which is, you know, understandable, get, given that he is going to be forever known as Harry Potter. Uh, I can understand trying to shade the scan for that. But uh, so I haven't watched. I didn't watch it then. Uh, actually, this is my first time watching it. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I hear your criticisms of it so far. Uh, I don't I know. Man, just I, love to see kids die. Josh Dawson just uh, I love <laughs> it. Quote him on brand again. Cut. <laughs> Yes. Yep. <laughs> the power of editing is going <laughs> to make me sound perverse. Uh, no, it, it's it's not like. Let me preface it by saying this: I uh, watched the Innkeepers first before okay. watching this, and <laughs> I found myself really enjoying this movie a lot <laughs> more than what I thought I would. Uh, mainly because in. Um, contradiction to things we'll speak of about the innkeepers uh this had a lot more of what i was looking for in a horror movie and that's more of the slow dread uh the the jump scares were kind of at a minimum because i I don't mind jump scares if if it's just there to kind of play along with the rest of the horror but that's all you have to bring is you know jump scares that that i don't know that's not real horror to me I, i like it when there's a sense of dread and um just an overall creepiness and uh, one thing I actually like about this movie, and I'll, and any other movie that does this, is the, uh, you know, the stranger out of town who, you know, kind of the fish out of water. Uh, like as soon as he comes into town, everybody's acting weird and stuff. And so you may go, even just beyond the the horror aspect of it. There's kind of this mystery lingering over like, uh, what's everybody's deal? How does this all fit together? And, and even though that revelation, once it's revealed later, isn't huge it's not a big ordeal the the journey getting there's kind of fun just like okay why why are these people acting like this and why are they treating our main character the way they are so uh i don't know overall i did enjoy it um i i, I found that uh that was a pretty pretty satisfying little horror movie not nothing not nothing great but uh it, it delivered on a lot of the things i look for in a horror film well, I disagree with that entirely, but uh, <laughs> no, I I, I, did, I actually just I, I was I found it really dull. I found it really really boring. Um, I thought it was I think I read this as a remake of something though, because I wondered I was like, is this like an <laughs> old movie that they redid? Because it it felt so traditional, um, like it yeah. felt like some sort of classic story. That I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's a throwback to something, and I'm just not not getting. I can it. see that it's. It, I mean, it doesn't really bring anything new. By, by any means it, it looks it, cool at time i mean you know the scenery all that and it's like you know there's a i think the only scene that really worked for me is when he's wandering off and i think he sees one of the fucking crazy apparitions or whatever and he's just surrounded by fog and then it's like mm-hmm. it did, you've talked before i think it was the last one i posted the uh the episode when we were discussing sort of allowing yourself to be involved enough in the story to be like hmm, what would i do in that situation and there's a lot of like horror movie tropes and in particular with the innkeepers we'll get to later where i'm like why is this happening the way it's happening Uh, (laughs) yeah but in that situation i'm like hmm uh i'd probably do exactly what he's doing right now which is stand very still and hope this just works itself out because it's like i'm not (laughs) moving (laughs) in any one direction here 
but I wanted to touch back on uh, something you said. <clears throat> I'll toss it to Jared first, and then <clears throat> if you want to answer, because you said that you watched women or Namekeepers first. Uh, for this podcast, how have you been approaching them, Jared, as far as watching? Because I've been watching, I guess, the bigger film first and then going to the little guy second. I don't think I've really had a discernible pattern because I've kind of switched it up. Whenever we did the one with the uh, the Red Turtle, I, I ended up watching the Red Turtle first on that one. But in this particular... It was a mistake. You need to have that second <laughs> calm you down from <laughs> your, your anger. That is a... Bald McAvoy. This, well, we had to go there, didn't we? <laughs> There's another one. There's a moment in the next uh, movie that I know both of you probably picked up on that we'll talk about as Here far as me the and nasty my, Hellcat. my uh, physical uh, maladies. But, um, yeah, it, it, no discernible pattern. Um, I, I, I guess sometimes it's better to watch the uh, more mainstream one first. In this case, I'm sort of glad I did. I, I, I think I kind of fell somewhere in the middle between you, uh, both of you, on... Uh, the woman in black, like, got pick a side. It, uh, Do you like kids dying or don't? I don't like kids dying. Josh does. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm neutral. Terrible. It. <laughs> it's our own decision. Well, I so. Oh, go ahead, Jerry. I'm sorry. No, no, you're you're good. Well, how about Josh? Oh, yeah. You just tell us what's your normal strategy with this podcast premise, and Jared. I, uh, I want to hear more of your defense. Your middle, middle of the road, vanilla, Mister Vanilla on Woman in Black. <laughs> Yeah, I think generally speaking, um, as long if like if both movies are easily at my grasp to watch, if they're not, I usually go for the easiest one to watch first. You know, then I go through the trouble watching the second one. But for our listeners, think, these are both on both on Amazon Prime. If you have any yeah. interest, they're both on there for free. Yeah. So uh, otherwise, when they're when it's like this instance where they were both there easily accessible, uh, I, I guess I just gravitate to the one I'm, I'm most curious about. Like I'm more, you know. Uh, maybe excited or interested in watching. Uh, and that was the case here is I, I was actually kind of hopped about watching the innkeepers. So uh, that's okay. why I watched it first. I think that's fair. Cause I'm, I'm looking at the same way as far as uh, I'm looking, I guess at the mainstream success is usually the one that at least I know more about. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm treating it more, I guess like the general audience, like, okay, I know of this one, I'll see it. And then discovering the, the other one later. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's giving it the benefit of the doubt or not. I guess it just depends on if I like the first one. Uh, but Jared, you're, uh, give us your middle of the road thoughts on one black. Cause you are more of a horror guy. I think in our previous history of watching movies than mm-hmm. me and Josh were, at least when we were younger. Well, it's, it's certainly not going to crack any of my top, you know, horror, uh, ghost movie list. It's no, uh, you know, it's not the shining. It's not, you know, the sixth sense. It's not any number of, uh, ghost movies that I've enjoyed. Ghost I, I've been Patrick serious. Swayze. I know it's your favorite. Yeah. I love that one too. <laughs> Arms wrapped around me. Um, <laughs> Making an editing note so, to add the music there. Just as as <laughs> um, uh, you know, I like I like the slow burn aspect of it, which is pretty standard with ghost movies. But also, mm, kind of the subject material was you know kind of been there, done that. So, you know, kind of middle of the road as far as it goes for that movie. Do you feel like one of the Here's one issue I had with it. I don't know how it affected you all, but I feel like it makes Daniel Radcliffe come across as kind of boring. And having seen Swiss Army Man, I know he'll go he'll go big if you want him to. Like he can, he's not just going to play sort of buttoned up and kind of cool about things. And one element I didn't like about the film, and maybe it's to add to the tension, but for me, he doesn't really have many people to like go through this scary event with. 
you know, Josh, you talk no. about him being a stranger for the most part. He's alone, especially during the, like the really tense moments. Mm-hmm. And in horror movies, I do like the, the interactions with people that you can't necessarily trust. And I don't know if that's in this film, like the people who <laughs> start to really rant and rave, you kind of write them off like, well, they're crazy. I mean, there's, there's definitely, <laughs> there's a woman mm-hmm. attempting to do some bit of uh, arts and crafts with a very sharp knife at the dinner table. That <laughs> is a bit scary, but for the most part, I'm like, okay, she's not trustworthy. She's unhinged. Uh, I was, I was hoping for a little bit more. Uh, I, guess, I think the actor's name, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Uh, is it Kieran? Kieran Hines. He's a character actor. That's, so and been a lot of stuff, but he's right. He's, I guess, the the one person that Ratcliffe's character kind of talks to about what's going on and right. the the job, so to speak. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that hurts this film a lot. And I I'm a fan of Daniel Radcliffe. I, I know you all haven't really done the Harry Potter movies. Uh, I think he was good in those, and I think he has done a good job since then of proving that he can handle way different material and and showing range. Uh, again, going back to if, if I'm correct on the fact that this was one of his first leading roles after Harry Potter, I, I think that might be kind of the problem was that he was just getting on board with a movie where he could try to, again, be a little bit more adult uh, and, and mm-hmm. seen as he was, you know, a new phase in his career. Uh, I, I do not think the role he was given has a whole lot of range. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't get an opportunity to do a whole lot with the role, but. I mean, he is, he's well acted in the film. I mean, he's not, uh, does the best he can. Yeah. I mean, his performance is fine. He's just not given a whole lot to, to work with. Either one of you seen him in, uh, I've not seen these films. Uh, <clears throat> Imperium came out in 2016 where he's a FBI agent I, going, I have white supremacy. Kind of like on my list. I have it okay. to watch. Uh, I've heard good things about it. And then there's one more, uh, that I just heard about recently, uh, and it's on prime right now, apparently, uh, called jungle. Uh, which is about yeah, that's, a group of friends yeah. that go out there, and I guess you know things go wrong. I don't, I don't know if there's anything supernatural about it or if it's just a survival story. But uh, to what you're saying, Josh, I think he is looking. He's just looking for like films that he wants to be a part of. He's definitely not. He's not trying to do Harry Potter again because these are like just little independent films. No, that he seems to have an interest not, in. He's not even looking for like you know summer blockbuster type films. Really, mm-hmm. he's just looking for you know. I take it he's just trying to be a good artist, you know, and just look for things that he he believes in and enjoys. So. He was pretty good in that that romantic comedy. What if uh, he definitely gets to you know play it up a little bit more? He's uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more personality, so I, I would recommend that one. Um, should we should we go to the the innkeeper? Because there there's gonna be a lot of similarities as far as how they handle similar situations here. Just in, this yeah, one's in a modern I, setting, obviously. I feel like we could even probably bounce back and forth a little bit mm-hmm. with some of the comparison. So I think moving on would be fine. You think she's prettier than me? Honestly. Yeah. She's a little homely for my taste. I think you're much prettier, Claire. Thank you. That's nice of you to say. In fact, Claire, I think you're one of the prettiest girls I know. Who are the others? Uh, my mother, my sister, and uh, that girl that works at the Dairy Queen. The one with the lazy eye? I find laziness very attractive. (laughs) I really like you, Claire. I really like you too. No, I mean it. You're just like the coolest person. Just, just really feel like we mesh. 
know, I love the fact that you support me with the website, and I just love the fact that you take me seriously. It just means a lot. You're great. Even if I'm going a little bit crazy. You're not going crazy. You're, you're great. I would do anything for you. Really? Absolutely. Just, I like you so much. Hey, I have an idea. Me too. What's yours? Let's go to the basement and find out what that fucking ghost's problem is. Okay. Now I say modern setting for this this film, which is uh, it's about the <clears throat> the closing down of this uh, this inn, which apparently is a real place. I didn't know until after I was reading up on the movie, and it was shot on the real uh, Yankee mm-hmm. peddler inn, uh, which apparently is. Uh, you know, big haunted site, a big, uh, I guess, tourist attraction. Oh, um, I didn't know that. It was pretty cool. And I don't know how I feel about this one. Cause I, I'll just say up front, I liked it more than woman in black. Um, mm. even though I did have some issues with it. Um, I think because this one starts off, if you didn't know, if, like if you didn't look at the poster, uh, which is a screaming, this is a horror movie. There's like a ghostly woman in the sky uh, above a hotel. It's called The Innkeepers. It's very dark, and it's labeled a horror movie. If I just caught this on TV, I would think this was an attempt to do Kevin Smith-type movies without the crude mm-hmm. language. Because mm-hmm. for about the first, fuck, man, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, um, I I would think it's about these two hotel workers and if they're going to hook up or not. Like it's like clear that yeah. he has an interest in her, but she's kind of oblivious to him and kind of quirky, and she's got a little bit of the sort of manic pixie dream girl kind of vibe. And I really dug that. And I don't know if I dug it more because I knew eventually it was going to be a horror movie, but I did. I like the way it started. Uh, so here we go. Josh hates women. Let's just put that out there. Wow, Dems children dying wow. hates women. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing Josh liked about the woman in black is that she was silent and evil and stood in the corner <laughs> until spoken to. <laughs> and then she attacked. Don't, like all women don't. do. <laughs> like a banshee. <laughs> I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna dignify that. That's terrible. I hope uh, you have really nice things to say about Sarah Paxton, because otherwise I've just set it up, baby. Just set it up for you. <laughs> well, I don't have anything I don't guess extra nice to say about it. I, I don't have a problem with her performance or anything. Uh, I'll say this. I, I was super excited about this film because uh, have either of you watched Ty West's previous film, uh, House of the Devil? I, I don't think I've seen – let me let me look. I don't think I've seen any of his work. And I'll just be fair. When I hear the name – because I was talking – I was doing another podcast earlier today and I said – I've got to watch the innkeepers for a podcast tonight. And, uh, uh, it was a friend of mine named Webb, And he was, he was like, Oh man, the, the Ty West movie. He's like, Oh man, have you seen this or this? And I was, I guess I, I don't know if it's the name or the house of the devil poster. I think he did. Did he do cabin fever too? Yes. Okay. But he kind of disowns it because, uh, it got taken away from him. All right. See, so I just always 
put him in that tier with like Eli Roth movies. And so sure. I just, I was yeah. like, okay, I'm not watching any of that. So actually when he told me that, I was like, oh shit. I, you know, I've already told them <laughs> that's what we're recording on. Now I've got to watch this. It's going to be this really graphic thing. Uh, but Josh sounds like you, you liked this, uh, devil movie that sounds uh, on brand with you yet again <laughs> house of the devil yes uh yeah i did enjoy that movie quite a bit it was uh it's another really it's a real slow burn but like there's a lot of tension and it uh it there's a lot of things that kind of is reminiscent to me of uh rosemary's baby as far as the way it, it feels you know so i did really enjoy that film and that was a big reason why i was excited about uh, the innkeepers that said, um, and, and maybe it was because I had a certain expectation and uh, a certain expectation level for it. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but, uh, I was pretty disappointed with this hmm. film. So, uh, I, I was not, I, I liked house of the devil way, way better. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I was, I was let down. Uh, I, I just did not care as much for it. Uh, Jared, did you have any expectations for uh, for this one? I saw how low budget it was coming into it, and I uh, I, I set my expectations pretty low. Listen to and you, elitist snob there. <laughs> give me some explosions. Give me some ghouls <laughs> and ghosts. <laughs> they can't afford but, um, Harry Potter. It's not worth a shit. That's Jared give me some stuff. dementors. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. You know, uh, setting Nasty my expectations. I like ghosts. I like ghouls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to. You didn't have to get to. all sexual with <laughs> yeah, it, Jared. I'm glad. I don't know if we're both me and Josh are just perverts there, but I was like, that's strangely sexual. I felt like <laughs> Jared was outing some kink there. Uh, you see some of the women I've slept with, you call them ghouls, too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my! If only, if only we had enough subscribers for it to be mathematically probable that one of them actually listened to this, I would. Uh, I would love it that. It is an absolute zero chance. <laughs> <laughs> Any of the women that I've slept with is listening to movie podcasts. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, uh, a little bit lowered expectations actually helped it out. Um, I actually, honestly, like this movie probably better than uh, the Woman in Black. Another win just, under Mike's belt. Just because, you know, it it was that both of them really had that slow burn that um that you really just, you know, that you encounter in a, a, a ghost movie and they both pulled that off pretty well, but I think with the um the increased production for uh, the woman in black, I was a little bit more disappointed in those terms. I don't think either one of them did though anything particularly um, new for the genre or anything particularly um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anything, nothing fresh, nothing, nothing new. Here's okay. Here's, here's the thing. I'll agree with that statement, but I did feel like uh, Sarah Paxton was particularly good here. Um, and that she just, her character threw me off for a lot. And I, I like that aspect of it. Like, cause we've uh, Rosemary, this baby was brought up here. Yeah, I think we're kind of used to in these in horror movies, uh, in particular, like a woman like having a breakdown or becoming unhinged. And even though usually the things that she believes are happening to her are actually happening to her, there is that slight doubt they put in the audience's head that maybe she's imagining all of this. 
This one I believed. This one I felt like, because I didn't feel like she pushed it too far, but I felt like <laughs> she's playing a kind of dumb character, uh, naive and very young. And so mm-hmm. I felt like, yeah, she would become overly enthusiastic about trying to investigate these things, whereas someone in another horror movie, you'd be like, why do they care that much? Like for this type of job, you'd just be like, I'm done with that. But this mm-hmm. seemed, you know, this is her passion. And especially now with like, if if you listen or just follow podcasting, like the true crime subgenre is pretty much dominated by women. And that's, I'm mm. not saying that's good or bad, but so I'm looking at it from that bit where I'm like, okay, I believe this character. So that that's a lot of the buy-in for a horror movie is that you'd believe that they would stick with this when all reason says, get the hell out of there. I agree. I mean, that is something that does really well with just even setting up the premise that they're quote unquote ghost hunting, you know, um, trying to kind of cash in on it, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, they got yeah. a website going and trying to, uh, I, I don't know what a really the crappy true business website. angle is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I said that, when I said yeah. this is a, a modern Geo movie, cities. I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is the early two thousands. I don't, I don't know when this is, but yeah, it's, uh, otherwise I'm just really incompetent. Uh, but, but like yeah, you said, right. it get, it gives good excuse as to why they would stick around mm-hmm. because that is in fact what they're looking for. It's not like they've just stumbled upon a haunting. They actually believe the place, or, or her character at least does believe the place is haunted, and they're seeking it out. So, and I really that, like that dynamic with her and the the Pat Healy character, Luke, because mm-hmm. uh, and I feel weird saying this. I've actually interviewed this guy for a movie podcast. Uh, Pat Healy? Uh, yeah, he's a, and he's a really nice guy. He was like really yeah, cool. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, he's yeah. a cool guy. I didn't um, know you uh, interviewed him. That's cool. <laughs> he's he's kind of creepy here, man. And it's like <laughs> yeah. it's because he's he's very laid back and chill, but he's clearly got a crush on this woman. And you know, she looks she just looks like a baby. And I I know like in because uh, I looked her up because I'm I'm gonna throw my friend Webb under the bus when he was saying oh the innkeepers like that's a good movie and Ty West is awesome. He also was like and Sarah Paxton is just adorable. She's just so she's just so cute. And so I watched this, and I felt, I felt with that in mind that my buddy Webb and Pat Healy, I'm like, she's too young for you, son. You need to <laughs> <laughs> talk about how cute she is. Like, you need to watch yourself. Uh, so actually, <laughs> this is going to make me sound like a creep. So, Jared, you know, we're just all going to be creepy on this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm laying in bed next to my wife watching this movie, and I hold the phone up to her. I'm typing up. I'm like, I got to investigate the Sarah Paxton <laughs> character. So I, I Google Sarah Paxton hot. And I'm just like, <laughs> and then I, then, uh, you know, I hold it up oh, to my Jesus. wife and like, because Ooh. I told her, I was like, I had, my friend Webb's got like a big thing for it. And she, she gave me the same, she gave me the look that I had, which was like, it's kind of creepy, dude. Like she looks like she's 14, <laughs> 15. So I find her. And of course the very first thing that comes up is like her, I think it was her in one of those like Prana movies, like Prana 3D. And she's, mm. she looks like a grown woman. That's the, okay. <laughs> the plot way to put it. So. There was definitely a direction here, uh, purposely by the director, to make her look as young and sort of naive, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of like post high school. Um, but yeah, that was that was the moment I shared with my wife where I was like, "Let's find out how hot this actress is together." And you know, I'm interested in those things, and she didn't seem to be that interested. But I felt like I rest my case. <laughs> Set the iPhone. Little down, detective but... work by my holding your iPhone up in the middle of a restaurant of a. Uh... <laughs> Certain celebrity lass naked from her head to her toe. <laughs> Look at it. I don't really get the reference, but uh, I would say I would never do such a thing. Jared would. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm just projecting again. Josh. All right, well. <laughs> the movie before Jared picks up his phone. Yeah, for yeah. Evidence. 
So I'll I'll uh I'll hijack the conversation here and, and lay my my criticisms on it. Uh, oh great! So I'll, I'll start out by saying that the killjoy. Uh, <laughs> I think you get a breed of um horror movie lovers who they're, they're going to hate the slow burn movie. You know, I guess maybe the people who just love slasher. You know, they they want the gore, they want the you know the jump scares or whatever, and uh, so. That's not my problem with this movie. I, I enjoy the slow burn effect of it. Uh, like I said, um, House of the Devil is very much the same as a slow burn. And, and you were talking about earlier about how the first, I don't know, two-thirds of the movie almost is mainly just a uh, – it very much just has like an indie film, like, you know, two people hanging out and talking – Mm-hmm. Top yeah. Bob to it, you know. There's you have a couple little strange little moments, but nothing that would even really indicate that it's going to be a horror movie. I mean, you could could have been told it was going to be a rom com or you know Just an indie rom com comedy of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, and, and you'd believe that's what you were watching. And I was totally buying into that because there was the hop. I, I've heard a lot of people say they really like this movie. I know what House of the Devil is and all that. So I was like, oh man, we're we're building up to something pretty terrible here you know this is gonna get bad and uh i just felt like the, the 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 horror element of it as far as like what the the story was involving the the haunting and the way it played out was just really underwhelming uh it it didn't it just didn't affect me whatsoever i just didn't care I, I enjoyed the characters i enjoyed their their banter otherwise and stuff but if it's going to be called a horror movie it just did nothing for me in a horror movie type way uh the the story just i can even handle not being scared if at least the story and that's kind of where i was with um the woman in blacks because at least there was that unfolding of a bit of a mystery that i was still interested in even though it's not that scary of a movie but the the story here just when it comes to the, the haunting you know the ghost there's really no substance there i just did, i just honestly did not care so that's kind of where my problem is with it mainly uh it was just that it just really was underwhelming and i didn't talk it delivered during the the third act jerry do you feel like uh yeah i don't know if you agree with josh as far as not having the goods as for when it gets down to the, the actual horrific uh, elements with the ghost do you think the budget is what uh limits that as far as what they're able to really show or do at the end i think it probably <clears throat> severely limited the amount and the extent of what they were able to do given the budget. I think the budget was like $75,000 or something, if I'm not mistaken. So especially if you, you, uh, you probably got to get everybody in makeup and, uh, get all your shots done in one day, as far as usually, you know, using up that part of your budget. Did you, and, uh, uh, I actually read on that note. I read, uh, I thought this was cool too. The, uh, the, they, the cast and crew, they stayed in the hotel. And so uh, hmm. Sarah Paxton was going to say it was one of her favorite experiences because she'd get up and, you know, just walk downstairs and be like, all right, I'm on set, ready to do this. So it had that sort of, <laughs> that sort of, I guess, like, you know, we're all making a movie together, like, yeah. project. I'm sure uh, it adds some uh, camaraderie to the, to the, on the film as well. On the other hand, I read that the older crew members hated the experience because the, uh, <laughs> much, like, much like the hotel, the younger ones stayed up and partied. And they said it's a, you know, it's a small inn and they're like, they uh-huh. couldn't get any sleep, which... Uh, that was the biggest thing that bothered my wife, and it kind of bothered me too. I was like, "Man, if you're actually staying here, the workers coming in your room and like, hey, wake up, wake up! Screaming. I think I saw something." <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kelly McGillis here, just like she's got her sleep mask on. It's like, what? 
hell you got Pat Healy in the world the world's worst like tidy whitey scene when he turns around and it's like <laughs> he's got these baggy tidy whiteys. Um uh, yeah. There's a lot to that was horrific. That worked for you, Josh? I actually did enjoy that scene. It was pretty oh, funny. Because, there we go. Well, because at first you you're thinking, um, <laughs> oh, is he getting ready to get skeevy, you know, because he invites her in after I mean, his first solution was, I'll be down in a few minutes. She's like, well, I'm consecrated now. He's like, well, come on in then. And she, she creates a look like, oh, he's in his underwear. I don't want to be in there with him. And uh, I also read that that was uh, a genuine reaction. There were a lot of genuine reactions from Sarah Paxton <laughs> because I guess he had, Healy had, uh, this is according to like the IMDb trivia, had lost a lot of weight. And um, he just, he had some old underwear that didn't fit him as uh, snugly as they did. And he wore them. I don't know if purposely to get a reaction because, you know, a lot of times on sets, especially they'll just try to fuck with the other actor just for a laugh. Just sure. For, uh, but they end up leaving it in. So thankfully the auteur Ty West was like, Oh, that's, that's good. That's terrifying. Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, he's, yeah, that, uh, that happened in the scene where, um, he plays the prank on her with the, you know, watch the laptop closely and then something jumps out. That was a, a genuine response. She didn't know what she was watching. Uh, oh, oh, that's so cool. that stuff, all that little sort of, you know, stuff they can probably do on an independent film was cool as far as just kind of, leaving stuff in that was just initially a prank I liked. Mm-hmm. But I get what you mean because I think the end of that scene is he sits like she says, no, I think I'm good now, which is only happens like a minute later. She's like, oh, actually, I'm not scared anymore. And he sit, he's sitting in the bed, but you can't see him. He's just a figure. And I thought, having come off the one in black, I'm like, oh, shit, something's about to happen. Uh, but then when they just shut the door, that actually creeped me out more. They were just Pat Healy <laughs> sitting in the dark in his tidy whities just staring at her. <laughs> so disturbing. So disturbing. <laughs> In all fairness, anytime Tidy Whities are involved, it's never really. It does feel like a, a relic experience. of the past, like uh, uh, well, probably even predates uh, Geo Cities, as Jared said. But yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what time period this takes place in. Um, but yeah, I, I dug it for the most part. I don't know if it's something I would, you know, go around saying like you got to see the innkeepers. Um, this is one of those things I probably probably liked more just because I just didn't like the woman in black, and so as I was watching it, I thought like, oh, this will make for a good cool podcast conversation because I don't really have an issue with Josh with you saying you prefer the other one because there's a lot of things that they just do exactly the same as far as the same type of scares. Uh, and you know, you could prefer one mystery of the ghost to the other. I think what I prefer here in the innkeepers and I'm, if you've not seen the film, I guess, you know, if you have any interest, watch it. Cause there's really no way to talk about my, I don't even think it's an interpretation, but the results of the innkeepers actually, like quite a bit um so last last chance if you've not seen the innkeepers it's on currently on amazon prime um and we can do spoilers for the woman in black too if you because i mean the ending there's something there that if you want to talk about yeah yeah it kind of ruins the film but um i liked spoiler here for the innkeepers that even though pat healy you know his character luke is supposedly into ghosts it's revealed that he's like he's never actually had any experience with them he's just been lying to her just i guess to impress this girl you know he does say at some point that he likes her and she seems Mm -hmm. she seems oblivious uh either i don't know if that's strategy or if she's you know she may be genuinely uh her head somewhere else that night yeah but well (laughs) i was saying she's had some weird interactions that night maybe she's not (laughs) she's not entertaining these flirtations because she's worried about (laughs) you know this scary woman prowling the place uh as far as how it ended i when i did go back and think about it I was like, oh, you know, she was the only one that ever actually interacted or had any dealings with the hauntings. And, you know, the way she dies is 
similar to the woman in black as far as just some sort of freak accident in the sense that, you know, she does, she has an inhaler and she looks like she suffers from panic attacks. And so in the reality of the world, that could just be what happens. She falls down the steps, freaks out and dies without the supernatural elements. So Mm -hmm. this is one time where I feel like they did kind of do the Plansky ish thing, right? Without it being annoying or noxious or, I guess in his case, raping 13-year-old girls. was I can say that this is Plansky-esque without uh, having to apologize for the quality of the film. But, um, yeah, like if you think back, you're like, okay, so in that world, she could have just died. You know, she just freaked out and he couldn't get to her in time. And Maybe she it. was having like a nervous breakdown yeah. and was imagining it all and has, like I said, a panic attack, doesn't have her inhaler and... But yeah, most I most mean, of these films, they they really hit at home that this woman's having a breakdown. This woman's having a breakdown. And I don't – for most of them, I didn't feel that way. I just felt like, oh, she's no, just kind I of a quirky think, character. I don't think you really even consider that as an option until the ending mm-hmm. uh, when the police officer – it was a police officer, I think, right, that mm-hmm. uh, shows the, the inhaler. Yeah. And it makes you think like, oh, maybe she died from not getting her inhaler in time. And that was when it kind of dawned on me that that was a possibility. And I agree. I do like that as an ending. Um, I don't know how I feel about it because I, I agree with you. I'm glad that it wasn't really on the nose. But in some ways, I wish they had played that up maybe a little bit more or or maybe had her. I don't know. I don't know if it would have improved it if she was questioning herself a little bit more or, or, or not. That might have, that might would be more a detriment to the film, but I don't know. Something was just missing for me. Hmm. I'm I'm not sure, you know what it was. What about you, Jared? What what did you think of the ending of the film? Uh, It felt like pretty standard ghost movie stuff. As far as they don't really want to be that on the nose with supernatural stuff. Like you don't want to like, they open the cellar doors and there's a 90 year old husk where Sarah Paxson was like, it's not like she's had her like life force drained from some ghost or anything like it, it is. You could mistake it with being an actual, um, just an accidental death mm-hmm. as you, both of you have said, uh, already. And then, uh, with the woman in black, you know, it's just an accident without going into it too much. So, However, you know, the, it, it, the Siren Hines character does know, or, I mean, he sees, something yeah, yeah, he, see, he sees one, something. Yeah. Yeah, so he sort of knows, but then again, it's not like, you know, she didn't push anybody onto the train tracks. It's just, it's right. that, like, sn- sneaky ghost trope where it's, like, get you to do something to hurt yourself or, you know, in this case, kill yourself, essentially. So, yeah, pretty standard stuff, but, you know, yeah. It's all I, guess right. I, I guess I like the, the doubt that's left from the other characters, even the Pat Healy character, you know, he's revealed to be kind of a fake, kind of a, a poser, and he you know, he's going to be left with... I don't know. I guess she freaked out. You know, he's going to be, it could be this he or that. He doesn't really know yeah. for sure either. Uh, where's the, as I said, Siren Kieran, I don't know how he says his name, Hines. He's going to know for sure. It's like the woman in black. And and Josh, that may be a product of the, the settings of both these films where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the modern times, as far as the, the audio quality, you know, the little, the little boom mic they carry around and then the laptop, like they're trying to debunk it in a way they're, I mean, they're trying to investigate it, but as you know, Pat Healy's character, he's not a true believer in <laughs> the woman in black. It seems like, People know, like, oh, that's a haunted place. Like, yeah. That's just the, accepted. Just the one character really mm-hmm. uh, disbelieves. And, of course, uh, Radcliffe's character is on the journey of, like, oh, yeah, I believe in this. Uh, 
I, I, I agree. And and actually, the more I think about it, I guess the more I feel like the ending to the innkeepers uh, is maybe maybe she did just die of um, just panic. The, the, the panic attack because. I mean, I don't know what type of ghosts these are and what the traditional method of killing is, but uh, I would think there would be like physical evidence of violence of some sort. And yeah. it seems like the cop is almost insinuating at the end, like uh, we found what it was. You know, she didn't yeah. have her in hell. Or, it kind of seems like that's what his belief is. And so, it, you, you know, I'll say this. This discussion is kind of talking me through it and kind of making me appreciate it a little bit more. Because uh, it is interesting that they don't have you doubting her throughout the movie and then that is kind of what you're left with at the end is like oh well maybe it was just that you know and and, and th- with that being the case that kind of actually makes it a little bit more interesting because it makes it a totally different type of horror movie if, if you think about it as far as just uh obviously it's it's more of a mental implication of her state but it's but also you know that it led to her death in a realistic way of you know something that with that type of element could affect anybody you know in those terms so it is that that is an interesting take on it Uh, i have to say i'm 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 coming around on it a little bit more just through our discussion i feel like the innkeepers um you know if you can take any sort of what it's trying to say about the horror genre is that the only thing about hauntings are the uh, the only thing that's horrific is the the actual like this you know the zero event the origin because you know, in a way, mm-hmm. you know, her story is going to become some sort of haunting that they pass down as That's far as true, the girl yeah. that mysteriously yeah. died. And the woman in black is more traditional in that it's it's somebody coming to follow into that. Um, and I don't know how I feel about its ending directly. I did read where that was added on the the sort of post scene, like after which one the, uh, after they're hit by the train. Oh, the woman in black. Okay, yeah, the woman in black. That was uh, like I guess initially just ended with hit by a train and then. His Rural friend scenes. sees, uh, but then there's there's that sort of afterlife that adds a, a slight tinge of happiness, I guess, if you want to call it that. Reuniting. I family. really like that ending, but I'll say it's not because of the the sweet happy ending, but it's because it's a little bit of a a little bit of a you know a, it it tricks you a little bit because uh, I'm sorry I'm not even going to attempt the guy's name. You keep. You know, apparently butchering. butchering. I'm, um, I'm just saying that. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. I'll have to. <laughs> I'll have to. If I can find it, I'll see if he's been on a talk show and just put it on definitively at the end of this episode. What his name <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, so the train passes, and in horror, he looks down into the the tracks to see what has happened, and we don't even get his reaction to what he sees. It just automatically cuts to the tracks, mm-hmm. and when it cuts, you know, we see Radcliffe and and the boy. Fine. So my thoughts were like, oh. It was a ghost train. You know, the, the lady in black spared them because he did the honorable thing instead of letting his child die. You know, he <laughs> did all he could to try to save him. And then the reveal is he turns around and his dead wife is standing there. And it's like, oh, you know, they didn't survive, you know. So to me, that was a little bit of a trick ending. And, and I enjoyed that. Do you think the woman in, in black moment. felt like she was doing the honorable thing for him as far as reuniting a family? Because that seems mm. to be her big beef. Is her family was broken up and taken from her, and even though she I guess kills you could these make two, that argument. I, I don't think I felt that way when I watched it. I think my feelings were was that I, that was a little bit the dark side of the ending was that she was still there doing her thing, you know. As far as you, you get that with some horror movies that they think they've fixed it, and it turns out they haven't. 
So that was my initial thought that you could be right about that, that that was her kind of returning the favor to him and reuniting them. That that argument could definitely be made. And it does make for a, a, it doesn't really feel tragic. You you know, I mean, really, no, it it, it feels like, okay, well, everybody's happy, you know, like (laughs) the dad, the kid, the the mom, everybody's together. Off they go. Uh, But I I guess just the, it was just a small twist in a small moment, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that thinking they were alive and then realizing they weren't. Jared, what? Uh, and I, I don't really know. Uh, other than, as I said, the I looked up the opening weekend to make sure I had the the dates right. What did uh, what did the woman black and uh, the innkeepers end up with uh, box office wise for their total run? Box office wise, uh, the woman in black <clears throat> had a budget of seventeen million and grossed fifty four and a third. So it made its money back and then some. <clears throat> and I misspoke on the innkeepers. The uh, budget was seven hundred and fifty thousand, oh, okay. and it only only grossed seventy seven thousand. Mm. Yeah, when you said like seventy five uh, grand, I was like, oh, it made its like you know almost halfway there opening weekend. Like this was really on the cheap. But uh, uh, what about uh, the uh, tomato score? Because I think like Josh, I'd, I'd heard a lot of good stuff about the innkeepers as far as like the film community sort of embraced this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, yeah, 67% for the woman in black and 79 for the innkeepers. I think it's, I so think that would be, I mean, pretty I, fair. I think, uh, I don't know. I would argue that that's a pretty high score for the innkeepers. I mean, I'm not even saying that comparatively to, Woman in Black. 79 is a really high score. I mean, that's, that's saying this is a home, kind of a decent home run of a movie. And I don't know. I'd say it's I mean, a double. Maybe, I'd say it's a solid double, whatever that score would be. <laughs> we'll drop, drop them down to a 75. How about that? I'll go uh, 70. Yeah, How about that, Josh? I'll go 70. 70. Is that too high for you? Sober Cinema Auctioneer, 70. <laughs> you <laughs> know what? <laughs> what can we sell you on, Josh? Hmm. What do you say yes to? <laughs> I, I'm not there yet. Well, okay. I'll give it some time. Some about, some movies grow on you a little bit more, you know, 69? the longer you go after you've watched it and you think about it. And like I said, I feel like I am coming around to it a little bit more the more we talk about it, just because I think I think maybe the problem is, is that it was really sold and, you know, that's what I bought going into it, being like a straight-up horror film. Again, also knowing the type of movie he made with House of the Devil. And I think maybe those expectations are really hurting uh, the experience I had with it, but what about our premise as far as, you know, do you, do you feel like this one deserves a little bit more love? D- does it deserve to be uh higher up on the list than something like the woman black as far as, uh, I don't know. I'd say notoriety, <sighs> but people going to click something on a streaming service. I'll put it this way. I think it would be much easier to recommend the woman in black than when it would be the innkeepers. But, I do like Ty West, and, and I do think this movie does have some interesting things going on, and I think it deserves more love than what it got in terms of more, more viewers and stuff. So I'm kind of one foot in, one foot out when it comes to the answer this week. I mean, really, I would have to say I, I enjoyed The Woman in Black more, and that's that would be more of a movie I would push to people. But, yeah, I mean, the, inc- the innkeepers could definitely – they definitely deserve more viewers than, than what they got, and the, – the, just for Ty West alone, I, I, I do think he's uh, capable of some really great stuff, and I'd like to see him get more some more love. What about you, Jared? I really, uh, I don't think either movie should probably be ranked <clears throat> higher than the other. 
on a tomato meter. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to um, say, I don't think either one of these should be watched by anyone. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> if well, to piggyback like, off that real quick before Jared goes into it, I can't really say I'll ever recommend either of these movies, probably. No, not really. I mean, like, if you really like that slow burn uh, ghost movie, kind of, you know, trying to figure out the mystery, have a few creep outs along the way, I think both of them can fulfill that sort of want to uh, for what you're wanting to watch. I don't think either one of them are... Uh, a four or five star type of ordeal if you're wanting to watch a ghost movie, but you know, it, I, I also wouldn't lower them that much either. So it's kind of like that middle ground. It's like, eh. I think I would I would go with the innkeepers mainly for the uh, the Sarah Paxton character Claire, just because I think that might be a subversion of people's expectations as far as uh, like a woman dealing with a haunting and. And what happens to her? And there's, you know, there's some for both these movies, especially you get to the the the, the woman in black as far as the train incident. Uh, I I thought that if you t- combined both of these together, uh, what you would get would be Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. If you wanted like the higher budget mm. and the woman That's, who's not believed yeah. but is you mm. know having some degree of a breakdown and maybe was a little naive as far as what she was dealing with, um, I would probably say you want the best of both worlds. Watch Drag Me to Hell. But if I'm having picked between two, I, I I really did like the I like the Pat Healy Sarah Paxton stuff because I just didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't even know with him how trustworthy he was. I, I thought they could take a turn at any moment, and he was going to be you know he was going to be real world <laughs> horrific in some way. I I didn't know. So maybe that would uh, maybe on rewatch that just would have no impact because a lot of what I enjoyed about it was not knowing where it was going. Whereas with the mm-hmm. Woman in Black, I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, I, I can see where this is heading. But Drag Me to Hell is a lot of fun. It's got a goat. It's, that, that, it's got a really creepy a, and regal goat that sits at the table during the same. I would, I would just love to have somebody ask you that question. Okay, woman in black or the innkeepers? What should I watch? Drag me to hell next. <laughs> well, uh, that's what they get here uh, at Sober Cinema. Give us a follow, and we'll, we'll do more uh, hot takes. Actually, I'm going to say Jared will do them because he's he's the one that tweets the funny stuff. I just tweet out the episode links. And then uh, retweet all the love that Jared gets on Twitter. <laughs> I don't even know if he sees, but it's mostly just Hiro. Hiro, uh, uh, there's a you know there's a random Canadian in there, uh, but we'll get nasty Hellcat trending. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I think we're going back into horror with the next episode. Uh, this is one Josh halfway. Is, Josh is not looking forward to. Well, I mean, one of them. Uh, you have Bill Murray killing himself repeatedly and. <laughs> Groundhog Day, it's always, and then uh, we're going back to an early uh, Peter Jackson film, and it's called, I think, Dead Alive here in the states. But I think the original title was Brain Dead, internationally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah, this one's pretty pretty graphic, Josh. You're pretty have, messed up from what I hear. You're gonna have fun with this. So well, hey, I, I know I have a history of apparently not liking gore, but you know, being the labeled resident woman hating child you know killing mm-hmm. person apparently this is gonna be right up my alley actually so we'll, we'll see boy am i so glad that you said those words in your own voice again oh i'm that... sure i am sure <laughs> i might just add them to our theme song <laughs> <laughs> just have it every week right um, but that's what we've got coming up next week so uh if you've not hit that subscribe button we're on apple podcasts and wherever you can find uh Pod uh, pod players, uh, we've probably got a link on there, and uh, you'll get more of that. More of that family friendly material from Josh. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think about um, 
our sexy voices. Superfan Hyro, that is your cue to create uh, about uh, 50 different iTunes accounts and leave us please. 50 reviews. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> take a couple weeks to do it. We good? I think we lost Jared, so it's probably... Yeah, Jared's dead. <laughs> I might, I'll just leave that as the ending. <laughs> Jared's dead. The problem is, um, the, I have an accent, a minor uh, affectation of an accent on mine, and if you're from the south of Ireland, you would pronounce it Kieran. Everybody from Dublin said they call him Kieran, right? Because it was an accent. But I'm from the north. They don't bother with accents up there, so I've always been called Kieran. So that's how I would say my name. But then people say, oh, no, we have to pronounce it right. And uh, I worked a lot with Conor McPherson, a playwright here, and uh, he would be calling me Kieran because he's from Dublin.